Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, what's up? This is Sully from Godsmack. Strap on those boots, baby, because you are now in the trenches of the war room with the one and only Mistress Carrie right here on the Mistress Carrie podcast. What's up? This is Joe Rogan, and you're listening to Mistress Carrie. I have so lovely pretty eyes. Hey, this is Brent from Shinedown, and you're listening to Mistress Carrie. Hey, Carrie, go put your brow on, girl. Hey, this is Steven Tyler, and you'll be listening to the baddest bitch in Boston, Mistress Carrie. What's up? This is Aaron from Stan. And you're listening to Mistress Carrie. Hi, everybody. This is Dave Grohl from the Food Fighters, and you're listening to the one, the only, Mistress Carrie. Hey, this is David from the band Disturbed, and you're listening to the baddest bitch in Boston, Mistress Carrie. Hi, Bruce Dickinson here from Iron Maiden. Yes, indeed. Miss Whiplash herself, Mrs. Carrie, is here to um, unchain your brain. Hi, this is Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and you're listening to Mistress Carrie. This is Dennis Leary. You are listening to my favorite, Mistress Carrie. Hey, this is Corey from Stone Sour, and you're listening to... You have the privilege of listening to Mr. Scary. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Hey, it's Mistress Carrie reporting for duty from MCHQ for episode 164 of the Mistress Carrie podcast. And before we get to this week's guest, Elias Soriano from Nonpoint, I want to let you know that now the Mistress Carrie podcast has an official Instagram and Threads account. You can find them both at Mistress Carrie Podcast. That's in addition to all of the Mistress Carrie pages, and you'll find them all linked in the show notes of this episode. Back on June 16th of 2021, I sat down with my longtime friend, Elias Soriano from Nonpoint, on episode 54 of the Mistress Carrie Podcast. We talked about family, the state of the music industry, what it's like to be an independent artist in the modern era of the music business, and what we thought was going to happen following the COVID-19 pandemic. Well, since then, Cole Chamber and Mudvayne have reunited, and the Psychotherapy Sessions Tour is on the road. Mudvayne, Cold Chamber, Nonpoint, Butcher Babies, and Guar are going to be at the Xfinity Center in Mansfield, Massachusetts, coming up on July 30th. So I thought it was a good time to sit back down with Elias and get an update on the tour, find out how the family is, and talk about the band's new music. Nonpoint just released a new single called A Million Watts, and they put a lot of thought into the very retro-inspired music video. I've got the video linked in the show notes of this episode and the link to get tickets to the Psychotherapy Sessions Tour July 30th at the Xfinity Center. 
Elias is one of my oldest and dearest friends in music, and I was so excited that he was coming back on the show. So allow me to reintroduce you to Elias Soriano from Nonpoint. What's going on, handsome? <laughs> What's up? How are you? I am wonderful. Where are you right now? Because you're on the road with Mudvayne. Are you in the bus? Yeah, I'm on the bus. I'm in the back lounge. Uh, we are in just outside of Bristow, Virginia. Nice. Yes. I had to look up the last time you were on the show, and it was episode 54 back in June, June 16th of 2021. The world's a lot different now than it was back then. Yeah, we were coming out of the uh, the pandemic a little bit. Still kind of pandemic Tours were still getting canceled, and now yeah. you're on the psychotherapy sessions. Mudvayne, <laughs> I don't even think, was back together the last time you and I talked. And now, look at him. Correct, correct. Yeah, that this is a... Uh, uh, this has been a, a crazy tour. It's 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 amazing. I mean, the the, the bands are killer. Uh, I'd never seen Guar live before. Uh, Cole Chambers killing it every night. Uh, you know, uh, it's it's you know so nice to see the boys again, and you know Ryan and Greg and and Matt and and of course Chad and, and half their camp are old dear friends of ours. So it's it's like everybody's old friends on tour again. It Great. seems like when Mudvayne went out last year that they were like surprised that so many people showed up. Like, I think they were shocked at how beloved they really are and how much everybody missed them because it was like, oh, all right, I guess we're going out on the road then. We're doing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I said it to Chad years ago. I was like, if, you, if, if there was ever a time that, you know, we need Mudvayne back, it's now. Let's, let's, and, and I'm so happy to see them all. You mentioned Guar back in the old days at AAF. Um, we had a couple win a contest to get married on stage at a Guar show. I was the flower girl. And after they said their I do's and it was a legal ceremony, they got fed to the meat grinder and covered in blood. Oh. And they're still married and they have three kids. Couldn't be happier. See, Gore, Gore brings people together. <laughs> they they bring you know this longevity. You want to you want to you want to you want a wife for a long time. You want a husband forever. Meet him at a Guar show. <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like if if you meet somebody else that's willing to get married at a Guar show and fed to a meat grinder, you've met your person. Especially if you're willing to let your wedding dress get spewed well and... she, she wore black anyway oh well there you go obviously that's, that's, it's a guar show that was smart yeah <laughs> probably and the last time you and i talked cold chamber wasn't back together either yeah this is the reunions tour it's crazy sure, i had des on the yeah. podcast not too long ago i had him on early in the pandemic and then I just had him on recently and he told me the whole story about yeah. really coming down with a serious case of COVID and how that kind of prompted the band members to kind of rekindle their friendship first and then be like, hey, eh, you want to see if we could play some shows? And now they're out on the road with Mudvayne too. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure, um, you know, it's, there's, there's always, uh, 
you know, time heals a lot of wounds, man. Like, honestly. And, uh, you know, I never, I never give up on old friends, no matter what happens, no matter how bad it, it may end or, or, you know, what little instance or what moment may have happened in that, you know, second to give people emotions that, you know, who knows what kind of day they were having or, you know, you know, fuck what kind of year they were having. You, know, you just never know <laughs> yeah. what, what's going on. So um, you, sometimes you just got to give people grace. You seem like a very Zen person that way. I aspire to be more like you because I'm <laughs> one of those people that holds a grudge to the death. You're like my wife. <laughs> There's the yin and the yang right there. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's to each his own. You know, we we uh we we we're all living our own story. That's that's I think that's my favorite part about this part of my life is is realizing that, you know, um we're all just kind of doing our own thing and you can't be so concerned with, you know, really being a people pleaser and, you know, you really got to make yourself happy. And by making yourself happy, you just got to kind of do what you want to do. And, you know, as long as it really doesn't hurt anybody else, it's like if somebody has a really bad opinion or wants to take the wind out of your sail, you know, sometimes you do have to kind of like cut them dry and, you know, move on. So that way you can, you know, be happy. Um, and sometimes people feel slighted by that and sometimes abandoned by that. Uh, when they finally get around to it, you know, the universe will put you back together. And then it, like I said, it, it, it mends all. My husband's kind of like that too. I think maybe it's a guy thing that you guys are a little bit easier to kind of shake hands, have a beer together and like bury the hatchet. And women are more like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> women are like, what's her address? <laughs> I'm going to cut her <laughs> in the face. <laughs> after i uh, saw you the first time you came on the show i was basically a newlywed then and having gotten married like smack dab in the middle of the pandemic now i'm almost at my third year wedding anniversary which is crazy any any take homes no nah, any, any any lessons not yet. I, I have been, and I was going to ask you this question, because first of all, how long have you and your wife been together? Because it's been a while. Long time. Uh, we've been married for 11, uh, no, we've been married for seven, but we've been together for about 18. Yeah, it's been a while. So a long, long time. Yeah. Because I've been, time. I've been talking to people like Alice Cooper, D. Snyder. We're talking marriages almost to the 50 year mark. Jacoby Shaddix from Papa Roach mm -hmm. just celebrated his 26th recently. So yeah, we're about to be 20 years together. So it's, yeah, it's been a while. Do you have, do you have advice for me? Uh, you know, it's, it's advice that sometimes I don't take myself, but you know, it was advice that my grandmother gave. Me. Ooh, grandmother advice and is always good. Yeah. And, and it was right before she really like the dementia really started setting in. And, um, you know, I, I, I implore people to have their grandparents tell them as many stories as possible because you learn a lot about, you know, the simplicity of life and how you can kind of let the, uh, the small things go. And if you got something to say, especially 
to someone that you really know that you love, like a partner or a spouse, you know, it's, it's being able to know what, you know, you know what words trigger them. I mean, at the end of the day, you know how to push their buttons. Nobody's going to get to your sensitive underbelly like your wife. Right. So you, you make sure that you don't, no matter what, if you really care and you really love, then you'll say it in a way that they will be able to accept what you're saying. So sit down, soft voice, holding their hands. I really need to talk to you. I love you, but we need to address. And it's only because I love you. So how can we work on this? That goes against all of my Sicilian and Portuguese DNA. (laughs) All of it. You're like, I could do none of that, Eliza. <laughs> it's named a bunch of stuff. I can't, I can't hold hands. I'm throwing shoes. <laughs> Setting fires and swearing uncontrollably. Yeah, they're holding hands. Yeah, he's holding his hands up to block the furniture I'm throwing. <laughs> you bring up your grandmother in the dementia. Since I saw you last, um, I'm dealing with that in my family right now with my mom which has been really hard during COVID. And you're talking about getting all those stories from your loved ones before those stories are kind of gone. And my sister and I have been like working through that because just since COVID over the last three years, you know, you run out of time getting those stories out of the people you love, you know? Yeah, that's why I I literally that's why I gave that advice, because I feel like I didn't ask enough. After asking just a couple of questions, so I started uh, tracking my questions with her when I did get a chance. Um, But she's she's right. She's close. She's about to uh, she's about to go. So we're we're uh, we're prepared for it. It's one of those things where. I ask a lot of people these stories, especially people that have older veterans in the family. That generation didn't want to talk about their stories a lot. So it's not even yeah. like we didn't ask. It's that like they didn't offer a lot of those stories, too, which is crazy. Yeah, it's it's it was it was almost a sign, of, especially with men. It's it's almost a sign of a weakness when you over, you know. I don't know when you give too much, when you give too much information, you overshare, I guess. Um, But uh, I feel like when you share a lot, you learn so much. And, and, you know, I talked to my band about it. I talked to my team about it. Um, You know, my creative partners, my my content creators, my artists, everybody that I work with hand in hand, it's, it's, we can't, let words be so precious to us that we allow them to, you know, slow the process of getting to somewhere where you're at a common ground or you feel like that same kind of like exciting energy behind what you're creating. And that goes with life and goes with, you know, conversations and love and everything. It's like, why not talk it out in the best, most positive way, knowing that you're what the goal is, which is to just get to some common ground and, um, you know, just keep it positive. And it, it, it really, it, it's, it's hard for people because 
as of late, it feels like that there's just so much bad news that you're just constantly everywhere you, you turn. It, it's, it's just weird. It's really weird. So, and people um, are afraid you, you to talk really to... too because everything is so divisive. Yeah, it's like we used to live in yeah. a world where, like, you didn't understand like what was going on in Uncle Larry's head at Thanksgiving, and now if you're friends with him on Facebook, you know all about Uncle Larry and that Uncle oh, Larry's yeah, probably a that's dickhead. A good point. Yeah, and, and now you're yeah. like, oh, damn. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's funny. My daughter's eleven, and she's she's seen that now. It's like pre-pandemic, post-pandemic people, pre-Trump, post-Trump people, and she saw that from like a young age. And again, she's she's got my disposition, so she's very like uh, kind of uh. But then she sees like the change in people when like hot topics are spoken about, and you know. Uh, I I try to minimize those moments because they're just moments. And I try to tell her this is, you know, five years from now, they'll forget about this. This will be, you know, old news. And you'll, you'll think it's silly that you gave so much attention to it. So, um, you know, that's what I'm trying to do, I guess, with my daughters to help her, you know, stay, you know, to be able to recognize the program, but not to be like part of it. Well, they're also this generation that's, never grown up without social media too, which is for us crazy to think about. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, 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 yeah, it's, it's, it's really, it's really hard to underexpose them without handicapping. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I gave my daughter, she's ever, she's had her phone since Christmas and, um, you know, we've had some interesting situations. You know, I've read some texts that I didn't think my daughter would like send, uh, you know, when she's dealing with like friendly catty arguments with her little girlfriends, you know, that kind of stuff. Or I'm just like, well, dang, you know, it's, it, but I, it, but then I think back and I was the same way, but just without a phone. Well, that's the thing. So I, I, Have you seen all those videos on TikTok about how every generation after Generation X is scared to death of us because we grew up saying what needed to be said to the person's face? Yes, that's the, that's my wife. Like that, and we're go. ready that's to where... back it up. Yes, we got receipts normally. <laughs> and pictures, pictures, because we go for hard evidence. And it cracks me up these... There's one TikTok that's like, why are we letting Generation X off the hook? And the girl's like, because we'll fight you because we yeah, grew up you... latchkey kids. Like, we're not afraid of yeah. you saying something mean on Twitter. We'll just show up at your house and kick your ass. <laughs> Hello, it was me. <laughs> Sniper 73. Yeah, you were saying in the chat. <laughs> I'm here. Yes, I'm 47. You're 16. I'm about to body slam you, kiddo. <laughs> Last time you and I talked, we were talking about one retro thing, and it was bands making cassettes again, which you guys are doing again. Now, I gave every band I've talked to since you and I talked this idea. Nobody did it. And um, a member of the Mistress Carrie Backstage Pass Club made them for me, and I wanted to show it to you because you will understand the official Mistress Carrie... 
cassette rewinder pencil. Rewinder pencil. You know, it's funny. You ready for this? You know, you know. I'm going to hit you with the thread. I'm going to hit you with the thread. I said this on threads. I said, there is no cassette. It was like, I believe it was the first non-point thread ever on threads. And I think it was, the quote is, there is no cassette tape without the number two pencil. Hashtag, if you know, you know. You do so know. That I absolutely do know. Yeah. I, I And it can't be the round one because you're just going to be, no, you'll you, just be spinning your wheels. No, it's got to be an my... old school pencil, and you are going to need one. There's whole yep. generation that's like, "Ooh, cassettes are so retro." It's like have a pencil ready. You don't yeah. know, but and, you, you're gonna. And they learn. call them cassettes. Cassettes. Oh, they're cassettes, not cassettes. Oh, that's what they call. Yeah, I was like, I, I, I'm correcting people left and right. It's, I'm it's putting hilarious. the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable. Pardon me. You get it. You get it. Because <laughs> you're a master of wordiology. <laughs> Speaking of retro, I need to talk to you about the Million Watts video because speaking of cassettes, <laughs> the Memorex video, as soon as I saw you, even before I hit play on the YouTube video, saw you sitting sideways in the Lazy Boy in front of the TV, I was like, oh, I know exactly where this is going. <laughs> Who's that? Was that your idea? Because that's a good idea. Okay, no, it, I have to give credit where credit's due. I got to give credit where credit's due. My, the, the COO slash manager slash just day-to-day guy who takes care of us. He's actually does sound tour managers, has produced the band, uh, has engineered the last three records of ours. Um, my boy, Rob Rusha, he, he's just our everyday, all day long guy that just helps. He's the point person that helps, you know, the liaisons between our agents. So he's, he's, he's our manager. Um, he, I had, we, we had an idea of me that part of the video where I'm sitting in a library chair and I have a dictionary handed to me. And that's where you see the guys pass the book down and hand me the dictionary. And I open it up and I wanted a high back chair, high back leather chair. So they start sending me pictures. Rob starts sending me pictures of all these chairs. And, and I'm like, Oh, I really like this high back gamer chair that you have. Maybe we can just darken it up and it'll look good. And he goes, well, what about this, this other chair? And he sends me th- that chair. And I'm like, uh, I mean, it's kind of cool, you know, bring it along just in case who knows. And he goes, you know what I was thinking? And he sends me the screenshot of the Memorex. Uh, uh, no, I was Maxell. Maxell. Oh, the Maxell, uh, not Memorex, Maxell. That's right. Yeah. Maxell tape. Yeah, Max I'll take commercial. And I and I was like, he was like, what if we did like the intro of the song? And I was like, oh, that's it, man. And then it became, and then we started like, we were like, we're gonna put fishing line on the ends of my dreads and I'll wear a big gold chain that we'll like attach a fishing line to and pull it behind me, you know, to really, you know, and and let people see the fishing line to really camp it up and make it funny because we were, we were going for the, the, the comic relief here. Um, and it, it turned in such, into such a good shot and it looked so true to form that I was like, we were only going to do it for the intro. And I was like, man, I kind of want to do the verses in the, with this look. Cause it looks so cool. So it ended up being like a last minute 
day before we were th- going to shoot the video, showed me the picture, shot the uh, tossed us the idea, and we were like, "Man, this is going to be hilarious." We got to <laughs> do it, and then it just happened. That's a good part about being independent. Yeah, is that we can come up with something last minute you know, and still be able to, you know, make the phone calls to let the team know, hey, we're pivoting and deal with it. We're going to do it because it's going to be fucking great. And we do it. And we I make watched it the video and I was like, holy crap, his hair is long. When's the last time you cut your dreads? I'm about to cut them online on, on a live. I'm going to cut about probably four to five inches off the bottom of it because they are to that point where like it's, it's falling in people's drinks. It's like dangerously close to like the rim of the toilet. Uh, you know, I go to spit when I'm brushing my teeth and bleh, right into my fucking dreads. Well, that's what um, I was going to ask you, because I know from having long hair myself, it ends up in places you didn't want it to end up. And yours is way longer than mine. Yeah. Look at that. <laughs> it's to the back of my knees now. It's to the back of my knees. When I sit down, it touches my shoes. That's so crazy. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's to the point where now it's like it'll start causing problems and bunk. And like the other day, the second day of the tour, I, it kind of, you know, gets wrapped up in the middle of your sleep. You're trying to, you know, move it because I can't wrap it up. If not, I'm like literally sleeping with a giant mound on my head. You can't <laughs> sleep that way. So so I kind of like let it. I guess free ball for lack of a better word. Um, and the other day I had it, it was tucked into my armpit as such. <laughs> so when you go to pull your head up in the middle of the morning after a long night's sleep and your muscles aren't ready to uh, deal with that, you could pull your neck really, really badly. So I got to watch out for that. Yeah. You got to be careful. So it's time to, yeah. Time to trim. Yeah. Well, it's good that you're going to do it online, though. Well, I mean, why not? Yeah, I've never done it. It was it was a suggestion uh, for from the content creator. So, can you imagine your- cutting them all off? Like, can you imagine how weird it would feel to like be short haired or bald now? Because you've had I them thought for of- so long. If I did it, I would cut them just to grow them again. <laughs> I really would. And I would go like Snoop Dogg Afro for like two years, a good solid two years. Because that's what I did first with this hair yeah. is that I let my Afro get like literally past my shoulders and then just started braiding my hair and then just left. I remember reading an interview with Lenny Kravitz a long time ago that because obviously he's famous for having really long dreads. And when he cut them off, he said it was really liberating and freeing. But he obviously yeah. didn't like the free feeling for long because he grew his dreads back. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's a lot of weight. So I'm sure like once I, if when and if I ever do cut them off, that it's going to be very light because I'm used to like literally carrying around three pounds on my head. And when it's wet, it's like easily five pounds, six pounds. So it's, it's taken its toll. I've seen the x-rays. I know what my neck looks like. I've been doing recurving exercises to recurve my neck because I've literally from trying to like compensate from the weight of it pulling back. I've like, there's no like back bend to my neck. It's kind of like straight 
So they are trying to get it to do this again. Well, plus so all the headbanging okay. too. Like I remember years ago, I talked to Morgan yeah. Rose from Seven Dust and he was like, they basically tell me that playing a show for Seven Dust behind the drums is like living through a car accident every night on your body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're doing whiplash, but you're also doing like, like, really bad compression stuff to your neck because you're going like this the whole time. And then I got the seven pounds of freaking sweaty dreads that I'm flicking around. So and your brain is floating around in that in that you know snow globe thing in your head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just bouncing around in cerebral fl- fluid. Yeah, it's hitting the inside of my skull. I, I, I have, I have kind of like learned how to adjust the headbang where I'm, I'm not like stopping that because it used to jostle me. I mean, I, I could feel my speech starting to slow and slur and that kind of stuff where I was like, you know, I need to slow this down because I don't want, I was forgetting a lot of things. You know, I, I really needed to chill out on it because I didn't want to, you know, end up with Alzheimer's because I'm, you know, headbanging my entire life. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I've started to adjust. So that way it's more of like a flicking thing. And I do neck exercises to make sure that like my neck is strong. So that way I'm not really like pulling on my brain so much. Um, but it's more of like a, a sway now more than <laughs> like a, like a, like a hit, you know, like a bumper. The other thing in the video, and you brought it up, is is the big like Run DMC era like gold chain in the video, and you get it hooked yeah. up to the fishing line. There's been so much talk of the 50th anniversary of hip hop and the influence that it's had on music, on culture, on fashion. Those images, those early 80s Run DMC era gold chain Adidas like. It, it's so ingrained, not only in hip-hop culture, obviously, but now into rock culture because bands like Nonpoint and so many others blended those things together long ago. Yeah, and it's 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 surging again. I mean, it, it has really come back with a vengeance and people are like very proudly branding themselves as new metal, new, new metal bands. And there was such a, stigma on the name for such a long time. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Like, whenever any musical trend starts to taper, it becomes persona non grata. It happened to the 80s hair bands. It, you know, once grunge kind of ran its course and all the good bands kind of came out of Seattle and got famous and then music changed to new metal, there was that time in, like, what, 06, 07, where people started looking at new, you know, at new metal and kind of turning their nose up at it. Yeah. And now to yeah. watch it all come back again. I think, I think people miss those kinds of, those bands threw down and you watch bands. There's, there's only a handful that really drive that kind of energy, you know, on, on stage. And, you know, people miss those good time shows. Like, you know, you can talk all you want about fucking Limp Bizkit. That is one of the baddest shows you will ever see in your life. Did you watch those, those documentaries about Woodstock 99? Yeah, yeah. It's like, say what you want, man. But that that is, that was 
like I, I we just played a show with them a couple of years ago and I won't even say who, what the lineup was but the bands the two bands that played after Limp Bizkit should have packed up and went the fuck home because <laughs> they just like I'm not even joking those they they are masters of the stage show just masters and and got the music to fucking back it up so it's it's and it's a good time it's a good time it was a good time back then it's a, still a fucking good time now and that's that's the difference and and a lot of that that kind of like you know taking yourself seriously but not too seriously you know being serious about your craft but you know understanding that you know it's 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 community you know the rock community is community and a lot of the newer bands don't have that community and it's missing it's missing so we're we're i feel like that that is coming back you know that that the industry has missed that family behind the scenes backstage feel that hasn't been there for well, years all the because bands rock's not quote unquote cool right now right like like rock yeah. rock got pushed back underground again and is yeah. slowly creeping out of the grave again. Yeah. <laughs> and all the bands are like banded together. Like, no, fuck this. Rock's not going anywhere. Yeah, and we're yeah, all yeah. in this together. I mean, look at Sick New World. Yeah. Sold out. Bang. That If that don't tell you something, there you go. I felt so bad when I watched those Woodstock 99 documentaries. I knew it was crazy because I was there. And and we, after MTV and all of the big satellite trucks rolled out of there before shit got real, um, we were still recording. I was there with the radio station back then. We helped to break the story about the riots. But I, because I guess I worked at a radio station that played all that new metal stuff and was at those shows all the time, I wasn't afraid. And I... I didn't understand how bad it was for a lot of the women that were at the show. Like, I'm not saying what, what happened didn't happen. But but until I watched those documentaries, I didn't realize how dangerous it was. I've always said that, like, Woodstock 94, by far, best show I've ever been to. I had an absolute blast at 99. And then I got horrified watching the doc. And I was like, I knew that people yeah. were, like, thirsty and pissed. Yeah, I don't. But I didn't yeah, know it was bad like that. Yeah, they weren't prepared for those numbers. That's no, what it was. No, they just no. weren't prepared for that. Or that, the weather, ninety-five you know, degrees exodus. and sunny every day. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, they weren't prepared for the weather. They weren't prepared for nothing. Hey, I can still do the rolling dance. I still know all the. I, I still know all the moves. Yeah, cover yourself in mud first, though. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that I caught in the in the video was the Nikes. Like you were so specific about remaking that shot. I was like, you could tell that you guys paid attention. I was very impressed. Yeah, we wanted to go as, as retro as possible. And uh, we wanted to keep it true to form. It's funny, Jake, the director, um, wanted to make sure that the lighting was exactly like it was in the in the video so it was like it's actually really badly lit so we have to kind of like this kind of weird and you know untraditional so let's get one here and it was cool to watch it was cool to watch did you see that movie 
about Nike and Michael Jordan yet? Did you watch that? Yes. That was great. Air? Yeah. Yeah, great. Viola Davis, amazing. Oh, she's so good. But of course, it's chock full of yeah. assholes. So, of course, I had to watch the movie too, right? And then I'm watching yeah. the very <laughs> yeah. end and I'm like, he made how much money off that call that his mom made on the phone? Yeah. What? Yeah. 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 $400 million. A year? I think that's what they, a year? A year. Yeah. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. That's insane. Maybe someday you and I will get there. Yeah, we will. <laughs> well, if uh, everything's right in the cosmos and everybody's just living each other's life and we're all just part of each other, then we're Jordan, so we're living it. Wait, I, I, I'll <laughs> say this, because, you know, anytime anybody ever talks about somebody with money, but is he really happy, though? <laughs> yeah, but he, it's, he, he's got the cheap Porsche. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the, it's the cheap Porsche. It's the 944. It's not even the nice. Is Michael Jordan really <laughs> happy, though, making $400 million a year? Is he really happy, though? Money doesn't buy happiness. <laughs> <laughs> so what's going on? The, the Mudvayne tour is awesome, off the hook, bullet to the head on stage, sweaty craziness. What's, yep. what's the rest of the year and then into 2024 plan for non-point now? Uh, we're going to uh, do a couple of sh festival shows here in the States uh, on the heels of this, followed by uh, a visit to South America to play Santiago Chile with Evanescence uh, and a couple other bands. I Speaking think we're of crazy rock fans down there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and we've never been to South America. So, and they've been wanting us for decades now. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, it's going to be an interesting trip. You guys have never played that, down there with all of the crazy rock and metal fans. You guys have never been to South America. Never been to South America. Not yet. And we have Spanish songs, so it's going to be a, it's going to be interesting to see. That's what I was going to ask you be about because you sing in Spanish. <laughs> I can't believe you yep. guys haven't been down there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just uh, we're we're finally getting down there. the 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 offer is exciting, and the lineup is really exciting. Um, they're talking about getting us into Brazil, and then we're gonna come back home, uh, do a second leg to the Emerald Cities tour. Starts in mid November, goes to uh, mid December, and it's gonna be a, a a great lineup, just as good as the last one. I can always tell. When I release an episode with an interview with like a, a really hard rock band or a heavy metal band, because with a podcast, you can track where people are listening. And when it comes to like metal bands, it's always, oh, look at all the people in South America. And then, oh, look at all the people in like Germany and in yeah. like Sweden and Finland. It's like, oh, you can tell because the, the metal fans are crazy. Germany is our third biggest international market. Yeah. They love their metal, yeah. man. Yeah, man. Is there any place else on the planet that you like dream of playing that you haven't played yet? Japan. Really? Japan and China. I know they do uh, Fuji Rock in China. Um, I think that's China. Yeah, not Fuji. Uh, that's, that's definitely one I want to do. I've heard that the crowds there are 
a very polite but passionate. Yes, yes, I, 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 I'm excited about getting over there because there are rumors uh, that uh, we're about to get an offer. So that's that's one I'm really excited about. Plus, I the, food. the culture and the yes, yeah, they have all those really delicious, sweet mochi cake, fluffy pancake, boba ball tea, matcha ice cream, goo, <laughs> caramel dipped in pizza stuff. You yeah, haven't been thinking about delicious. this at all. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on with the with the fam and the kids coming out of COVID? Like, did you guys develop any new family traditions or did you develop new skills, non-music related since the last time I talked to you? You know, family rides became a, a thing coming out of COVID. We'd get in the car sometimes and just take a drive. And that was uh, something that we never did before the pandemic. We like to uh, jump in the car and just do a family drive. We just jump in, listen to music, and go as far to the farmland as far as we want to go. If we want to ride for 20 minutes, we drive for 10 minutes out, turn around, and go back. I'm getting ready to test my marriage in a major way because I'm leaving to go on a motorcycle trip with my husband to Sturgis. And you know, because you've been married for a while... Um, I can only pack in my luggage what will fit on the motorcycle. Yeah. And. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see the next time you're on the show, whether or not my marriage was able to withstand that. (laughs) All right. Just so you know, my, my family grew up on Harleys. Yeah. See, you're showing me your Harley shirt right there. Okay. So. The trick is you have to you have to pack just enough that you can do one load and your stuff fits in one bag and the other on the other bag is for hubby and then you backpack your toiletries. But you do la- you stay in places that you can do laundry so you can just cycle through them. That's what we're doing. And then you Yeah. That's what you got to do. Yeah. That's what you got to do. And you can also wait. What I can't, I can't hear you whispering. What you mail stuff to a stop, right? Yeah, if you want to, if you can mail stuff to the hotel that you're staying at at Sturgis, so that way you can have like a box of clothes and stuff, right? And you mail it back home for the ride home. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, but I'm really looking forward to it. I'm excited. I haven't taken a vacay in a while. And going out on the bikes, it's either going to be the greatest thing ever or it's going to be horrible. And I wanted to tell you that because that's (laughs) why I'm not going to see you at the Mudvayne date in Massachusetts. I'm going to be on the motorcycle with my husband and I'm not going to be here. Risking it all. Right. (laughs) And we had planned this trip and then Mudvayne announced the dates. And when I looked at the itinerary, I was like, no. So I'm so bummed I'm not going to see you, but I wanted to tell you why. Well, if if by any chance we happen to be near Sturgis and we're crossing paths, you're on the bike. Come on, you can veer off and get to us. I'm just saying. Although, one of the other things, speaking of challenges to the marriage, he's a country fan. Oh. And he has not 
he has not learned to appreciate the music that that we like, you and I. Like he put him front row at Guar. <laughs> put him front row at Guar. It'll straighten him right out. I picked him up at the airport the other day, blasting the first Slipknot record, and he was like, "I, d- I don't understand what's going on right now. This this makes you happy. This is relaxing <laughs> to you." <laughs> yeah. Basically, they've done the research. People that listen to heavy music are actually more relaxed and happier. That's right. Happy people. He didn't believe me. I'm glad you said it. Hey, hey, science. Yeah. When you go on those trips with the kids, do you let them use the phones or do you play the old driving games? The oh, no, that's that's our everybody's. That's their time. When you're on the drive time, that's the family ride. You just get out there and do you. There's no rules. I'm breaking generational curses in my fucking house. I was you want a say, box of juice before dinner? Have a box of juice. You want to stay up late? You did everything today. Go ahead, fucking stay up late. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, wear those pants again. Sure. Why not? Go for it. <laughs> I don't care. You want to use that towel again? Smell it. Smells good? All right, you're good. Get in there. <laughs> Your kids are probably going to be the most well-adjusted kids on the planet because of that. Yeah, you can't can't even deal with other kids because they annoy them. Yeah. Yeah. And they'll have strong immune systems if they keep smelling those dirty towels. Well, no, I'm not like that. I'm (laughs) I'm saying saying, I was trying to lead into the point I let them be kids, but I let my daughter be be a kid. But uh, but, uh, no, 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 we keep clean. Come on, we used to eat mud and paste. We're fine. Yeah, but now that it ends up on YouTube. Yeah. And it's Garza for life. That is true. <laughs> oh, you're the mud kid? Oh. I heard about the paste kid. You're the paste kid? Oh, okay. <laughs> you're, oh, man, that's bad. You eat ants? Whoa. <laughs> hey. Oh, this isn't you? This isn't you? <laughs> you know, if those cameras had been around when Ozzy was snorting ants, it would have only made him more epic. Yeah. Receipts. Receipts. It was so good to see you. I'm so bummed I'm not going to see you when you're in town. But a huge lineup, Mudvayne, Cold Chamber, Nonpoint, Butcher Babies, Guar. It's a massive tour. Got to see it. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a sight to see for sure. Well, next time I will come to you since you're coming to me and I'm not going to be here. So maybe I'll, I'm going to hold you to it. Maybe I'll make a trip down to Florida and come visit. Oh, we're playing Orlando. See? That's a good one to see us. Yeah. There's a lot of bands that live down there. Alter Bridge, Seven Dust. There's a bunch of bands that are all in that area. Yeah, yeah. Orlando's a good town. Yeah. Well, tell the guys I said hi. It was so good to see you. I will. I miss you. I miss you, too. All right. I'll see you soon. Bye. There he is, the one and only Elias Soriano from Nonpoint. See him on stage at the Xfinity Center in Mansfield, Massachusetts, coming up on July 30th with Mudvayne, Cold Chamber, Butcher Babies, and Guar. And you can check out the video for their new single, A Million Watts. It's linked in the show notes of this episode, and the new single is featured on this episode's corresponding playlist. I make a playlist for every full-length episode of the Mistress Carrie podcast, 
that's filled with my guest music and the songs and artists that we referenced in the interview. You'll also find the link to episode 54 of the Mistress Carrie podcast. You'll find Elias's social media links, all of the non-point links, and all the Mistress Carrie links as well. If you liked what you heard, don't forget to like, follow, and subscribe to the Mistress Carrie podcast. New full-length episodes come out every Wednesday, plus every weekday you get the sit rep, which is all your rock news, music headlines, and entertainment updates in about five minutes. Plus, you never know when we're going to release a bonus episode. Join me live every Tuesday night at 8.30 Eastern on my official Facebook page for my live streaming video show, Cocktails in the War Room. And of course, you can always find me on the Mistress Carrie radio show, the Mistress Carrie podcast, a proud member of the Pantheon Podcast Network. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.